Welcome to MM Plays, our podcast where we design, play, and discuss a game and campaign. Along the way, we will alternate episodes between actual play adventures and the analysis and discussion of games and design theories that relate to the campaign we're playing. For this campaign, we'll be using the mechanics of Cortex Prime, designed by Cam Banks. We randomly selected a theme and ended up with swashbuckling high school urban fantasy. So join MM Plays as we explore and enjoy a new campaign. And now for the introduction of our players. My name's Chris Nizak, and I'll be playing Silas Flameworth, some of the Flameworth family with a frozen soul that's not my own. I'm Old Man Logan. I'm playing Henrik Gunny Gunderson, son of the enigmatic Winter Wind and rookie Elemental Mage. My name is Jerry, and I'm playing Santiago Zircon. He is the rebellious and reluctant scion of a powerful magic family. I'm Phil Vecchione, and I will be your GM. All right, I'm going to pause for a second as GM. I'm going to remind you guys that there is a loose end that uh, you players may have forgotten, but your characters certainly have not. Lowell is still walking around with a tin of mints. We're going to go take those from him. Yeah. I think we do that after club. Yeah. Unless you need to go actually be at home. I definitely need to go help my mom at the store. We'll do it tomorrow then. Yeah, that's fine. Mm Mm-hmm. Set up for me. Talk to me about what happens. Like, t- set up the scene. What happens? Because Lowell is going to school and then goes home and goes to school, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And does not go to your school. Yeah, he's a Lockwood kid. Yeah, he's a Lockwood yeah. kid. You do know he has a car. I'll leave you those pieces. Take a moment. Tell me how you want to set the scene up. And Lowell's a mundane, right? Yeah. Okay. He's super smart if he eats one of those, uh, if he eats one of those mints. Can we put a magical tracking thing on his car? You could. You already have a magical tracking thing, I believe, on the mints. Oh, yeah. Where are the mints? They're wherever Lowell is. He's, so he's, he's not leaving them anywhere. Nope. They're on him. We could just take them from him. Yeah. We don't want to destroy them, right? No, we just want to take them. If we're not going to destroy them, what are we going to do with them? Give them to my dad. Okay, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, that's what we do. We turn over evidence. We're cops. We're junior cops, but we're still cops. Oops. Point. Jenna called you guys Paw Patrol at one point. Fuck her. <laughs> right? That's what we do? Yeah. yeah. Okay, just checking. Make sure we're all on the same page here. No, no, we're on the same page. You're right. You okay, uh, Rebel? Yeah, we were, cause? we were going to keep them. I was just going to destroy them. And fr- destroy them. And we just turn them in? Yeah, if we turn them in, that's fine. Yeah. The important thing is they what don't if, go back out. And what see. if they have somebody else's essence and they can give them back? Oh, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Good point. Let's go get them back. Hmm. We probably got out of school after him. He's in, like, clubs and stuff, too. Why don't we just go stand in his car in the Lockwood parking lot? That'll work. We asked Miss uh, Cortez if we can leave club earlier not attend club today so that we can go and get something back that is important for the veil uh if it's for if it's for the veil of course yeah we're gonna go do some junior guardian stuff yeah of course right, absolutely so the thing is we'll just be standing there the three of us yeah. at lowell's car this the lockwood academy parking lot this is the most high school bullshit i've ever done in my entire life right the three of you are just standing there actually why don't the two of you stand there i'm gonna stand a little ways off so that once he's there he can't turn and run another direction i am nodding my head yes just as a reminder, because we haven't seen Lowell in a little bit, Lowell looks like Timothy Chalamet. So he's just got, you know, he's brown hair and kind of thinnish face. He's not very well built or anything. He's not a jock. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. He's in shape, though. He was kayaking. No, oh, yeah. he's yeah. No, he's in yeah. shape. He's just, you know, he's not ripped or anything. Oh, he's like in shape like I'm in shape. Yeah. He's not like T. Like, he's not built like a small mountain or related to one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. He's in pretty good shape, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Lowell, Lowell like comes walking across, and as soon as like he sees you from a distance, he's already like a couple days ago, he already had this shit with you down at the harbor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he like comes walking over, and doesn't get too close to you guys, but clearly you're like standing in front of his car, not just standing in front of his car, leaning against it. So he like walks up and he stops like a healthy distance from the two of you, and he's like, 
Can I help you? Very much so. T slowly walks up behind him until I'm standing right behind him, blocking out the sun. Like turns and looks, and he's like, Hi, Lowell. Yeah, what's up, guys? We're here with a public service announcement. We caught your drug dealers. I'm not sure what you're talking about. They're going to turn you in unless you just give us the Altoids right now. Just say no to drugs. And you won't like it. And it'll be bad for your college transcripts. Very. Trust me, Jenna and Samir are both going to be looking for somebody to turn over as well. All right, who's making the roll here? I can if you want. Yeah, you know, you're no longer a concussed. Go for it. I have no plot points. I'm also going to give you a trait because narratively you have narrated your way into it. So I'm going to give you a D8. You can take advantage of Lowell's distinction driven to success. Okay. Threatening his college career with have, a... Sorry, I have one plot point. Threatening his college career. Do. That is enough. I will give you his um, mm-hmm. fear of not being successful, which means you can put his distinction die in your pool. Sure. He will also need it because um, he needs a distinction, but... I don't mind being the, the hard ass. I like doing this, actually. <laughs> I'm a flame worth after all. Yeah. Which I'm putting in my pool right now. Of course. Uh, performer I'm also going to take, which is also D D8 for me, which is nice. And this is school, which is also a D8 for me. Although it could have been Vale, I could have argued that, but it'll just be school. That's fine. That is my four, four dice right there. Mm-hmm. And you gave me the one from him. Yes, yeah, so you can also put his D8 in your pool. Can I still be driven by Morris's death? Yeah, hell yeah, you okay. can. This, th- I mean, it, that's Morris. Yeah, in it that is tin. Morris. Yeah. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. I just want to make sure we're still on the same page. Yeah, yeah, feel free to be pissed about that. Oh, by the way, I'm taking away your distracted. Okay. You got some sleep. I mean, that's like 5D8. I guess I'll go with 5D8. Yeah. I have heroes first. So I have 2D6 yeah. and a D8. Mm-hmm. That's a uh, 12, huh? 12. You suck. I mean, you have, to work, you have to work for it. You can do it. The answer is no, I have a 10. And I can't even plot point into it because I rolled three twos. Okay, so here's what he does. He takes out the 10 and he holds it up. And he looks at you. I'm going to give this to you on one condition. Sure. I know your secret. Oh, really? Samia called me after her run-in with you guys in the park and was pretty graphic about the ice and all the other stuff. I know who you guys are, and everybody else can know about it too. So I will trade you this tin, and I don't want anything coming back on me. You have Samia and you already have Jenna. You have everything you need for how whatever these are came to be. You don't need me. I'll just take my chances with the SATs without these things. Since he won that test, yeah. uh-huh. he tosses you the tin. I catch it. I lean into him like... I put my hand on his arm and it gets really cold. And I whisper into his ears like, if you say anything to anybody, people that are way, way worse than us are going to come have words with you. And then I walk away. As you guys are walking away, he's like, keep your magic shit to yourself. And he like gets into his car and like fires it up, guns it like, you know, vroom, vroom, like, it, you know, hits the engine a little and then squeals out of the parking lot. I don't like that guy. Really? Of course. Why? Yeah. I'm. <laughs> I've been saying that for like a week. I almost hate him as much as I hate Brad. Yeah. You know, I hate Brad. Yeah. I don't think he's a problem. He's a douchebag, but he's small fish in a big pond. I think we just let your dad know what he told us. They'll keep an eye on him. If he, if he steps out of line, he's not going to be our problem to deal with. I assume that Jenna and Samia will probably tell my dad about him because of. No, we should tell your dad. Yeah, we will too. What he told, what he told us. When we turn these over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should tell him what he told us, too. It's mm-hmm. the right thing to do. Yeah. Nothing should blow back on him. He nope. gave us what we wanted. Yep. yep. I checked the tracking spell. Is it this all of them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Besides, you'll get your revenge on him during the next Knowledge Bowl. Academic decathlon. Is that what they call it? <laughs> all right. Yeah. Another day passes. Silas, you get a text from your dad. Would you mind rounding up your posse? He puts it in quotes. And come down. 
down to my office. I type back to him, nobody says posse anymore, Dad. Can you bring your friends down to the Vale office? Yes. For you guys, the um, Vale has their offices hidden inside the main place tower. Really? He called us a posse? Which for those who are not from Buffalo, that's a tiny skyscraper built on top of a mediocre mall. The mall's seen better days, but uh, actually... As you guys are walking into the actual uh, lobby of the tower. See, the reason that the mall's seen better days is because the magic community is like, we need to kill this place. They invested into the Galleria Mall to get all the business to go that way instead of being down here. Too so many people. People would yeah. stop looking at the main place mall tower. That's right. Smart. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm just bullshitting, but that's what we're going to say happened. Sure. No, it's uh, it's good. Right? It's canon we now. Want, we don't want too much attention at this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Correct. Yeah. It, makes the, it puts strain on the shroud. Yeah. Exactly. So you guys head in. You take the elevator up to the office mm-hmm. they actually have somebody come get you like the woman that was at the psych center comes and escorts you guys in she has a card that she uses on the elevator do i know her have i met her before no. i mean does she not work with my dad she works with your dad but you've never actually been here before really like we you're don't like parties and stuff no you're mundane and besides that your house is way nicer than the office like you guys host more parties i know than... she's never been at one of these parties before. no she's like she's wow. like mid-level functionary she's that that sucks for her yes she hasn't been to a flameworth party so like you kind of know where she ranks in the social yeah, okay yeah. that's why that's why i asked i was just yeah. kind of curious she's polite enough and she she uses this card she holds it up to nothing on mm-hmm. just the wall of the elevator a little glyph appears and glows for a second and then the elevator starts going up neat and then you're pretty sure at some point you passed through some magical barrier. Whoa. There's like a weird feeling in the shroud for a second. The doors open and you're like in a really nice office that's looking out onto Buffalo, but definitely um, plush, comfortable mm-hmm. carpets, mahogany desks, yeah. and just windows as far as you can see with a beautiful view of the skyline. There's like a big ass library. It's like an open library. Like there's a couple shelves that go like up 14 feet. There's like, you know, ladders and stuff. And uh, your dad's waiting for you as you guys come off the elevator. Silas, I don't think you've ever gotten to see my office before. No, I've never been here before. Well, I don't think either of you guys, for sure. Uh, I most certainly have never seen (laughs) it. sure, not you. But never fear, the posse is here. (laughs) He's like, so we, um, you guys. Sorry, I couldn't resist. See, nobody says posse anymore. Have you ever been part of a posse where you went and hunted down a bunch of criminals? Probably, yes. That seems like your job. He's I feel like, like you just not, answered your own he's question. Like, he puts his hand on your shoulder. He's like, not really a liberty to say. Oh. And he winks at you. <laughs> Actually, the reason I'm here is that somebody wants to talk to you. Oh, okay. Is it the librarian from UB? No, it's Samia. Oh, really? I'm actually shocked by this. Yes. After she came to and uh, we explained to her how we found her, she um, said she wanted to, and he takes out, like he actually has like a notebook. He like takes out the notebook. He's like, Said she wanted the nerd patrol. I assume that's you guys. Posse, nerd patrol. I guess it could be worse. They could call us a super secret boy band. I'd actually be okay with that. I could be in a boy band. I get to be the brooding one. You boys worry me. So let's go see Samia. So that you understand, she is inside a magic ward where she can't. She can't summon her weapon. She can't cast any spells, ritual or otherwise. She also can't cross out of it. Do not cross into it. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. So he walks you guys down a hall. He puts his hand up against the door and like a glyph appears and the door opens. There's no handle on the door. He just puts his hand up in front of it and then the door opens. I won't be going in. She said she wanted to talk to the three of you. We walk in. Samia's sitting there in what looks like almost like hospital scrubs. They're just like generic, loose fitting cotton clothes. They're in like a dark blue. There is a bed and a chair 
inside this magic circle. She's sitting in the chair and she's like, oh, I heard you requested the nerd patrol. I was honestly surprised they were able to piece that together. I didn't really know who you were when we ran into each other at the park. Name's starting to catch. Nerd patrol. I guess. Mm-hmm. They'll never see us coming. First, I want to uh, apologize about the park, but obviously I think you guys know once you guys started talking about the mints, I didn't want to hang around. That was fairly evident. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are you apologizing for? I am apologizing because I have made certain agreements uh, with the people here uh, in order to be able to leave here someday. So I am cooperating. Sure. That's why I dragged you away so that you couldn't be stabbed to death because while you are a criminal, you don't deserve to be killed. Yeah, she wasn't going to stab me to death. And she was going to take your essence out and use it for magical implements. Yeah, I thought Jenna and I were tight. So when Jenna called me to tell me that she she and Kurt had a plan for getting out of town, I was just going to go with them. Yeah. And then she drugged me. Yeah. And then kind of apparently... Like how you guys drugged Morris. So if you want to apologize for something, maybe you should apologize for that. Let me start there. I've been friends with Lowell for a while. And for a couple years, I was supplying Lowell with Ridlet. Mm-hmm. Just to keep his academic game up. But after a while, it wasn't enough. So he begged me and begged me and begged me if I could get something better, something stronger, something with more focus. As drug deals go, like, I'm not really like any kind of drug kingpin. Like, I, had, I knew where to steal some Ridlin. Like, that was it. But I was um, complaining about it to Jenna and Kurt overheard it. And he was like, I think there's something we can do because Lowell was rich. That's where Kurt had the idea to make the mints. We just needed someone smart. We needed their essence to use to, you know, infuse the mints with. Yeah, you killed my friend because you wanted money. I'm going to be clear. Not that I think it matters because Morris is dead. And I'm definitely partially responsible for that. My job that day was to just invite Morris to the party, give him a few drinks, and then bring him to Jenna and Kurt. I didn't really understand that Kurt's ritual was going to drain the essence out of Morris. I thought he just needed somebody smart as like a component of the ritual. I don't think that I care because after it happened, you still sold my friend. I actually leave the room. I can't talk to her. I'll go in there and try to kill her. I think as you leave, two things happen. One, the floor around you crystallizes a bit in ice. But after you, you know, knock on the door to get out, there are like burn marks on the inside of the door. And your dad's like, are you okay? No, I'm not. Was Kurt at that party too? Yeah, he was in the pool house. Jenna and Kurt were in the pool house. And I got Morris drunk. And then brought him over. Like I said, I thought that they were just going to use him as a component, not drain him of his essence. When I came back after the ritual and he was dead is when all hell broke loose. Jenna and Kurt definitely knew that's what the ritual was going to do. They were calm. They were cool. And they told me just to go throw him in the pool. I mean, I couldn't do it alone. He's heavy. Like Jenna helped me and we put him in the pool. But I honestly thought it was just going to be to cast some sort of potion or ritual or something. I didn't know it was essence draining. That's what happened to Morris. And I am sorry for what happened. And I know why your friend is upset. 
but I also know a few other things that I agreed to tell as part of my cooperation. And because fuck Jenna, like just fuck her for about to drain me too. As my middle finger to her, I'm going to tell you what I know, which isn't a ton, but I know some stuff. So I know that Kurt is part of some cult, some dragon cult. The dragon cult is like some sort of prosperity mage cult. Jenna's part of it. Uh, she's got a worm tattoo on the inside of her arm, but she's part of that same prosperity cult too. They're, they're doing magic for money to gain monetary riches and things like that. Kurt learned that ritual from the dragon cult, and they've done it a few times, mostly on mortals, but they did it to Morris because Lowell paid me the money. That was important to Kurt, the money. Because that shit is all those fucking dragon people talk about is like money, who's got what, who's got expensive cars and shit like that. It's what they get their fucking hard ons about. Squeezing $40,000 out of some rich kid for some essence laced mints was for Kurt like a wet dream. Like he just thought it was fucking great. So the cult taught him how to do the ritual. I know that Kurt and Jenna casted some essence ripping spell on somebody magical. And it went wrong. That's why they went back to just sticking to mundanes. There was this girl. I don't know the details, but she got away. They, they got like part of her essence, but not all of it. Enough, but it was like too much of a mess. Like they couldn't, they couldn't get it all out of them without the person resisting. That's again why they st stuck to mortals. What I know is that there's going to be some sort of gathering where somebody from that cult is going to help a bunch of people cast a prosperity spell. So that they can all like get rich or make their fucking bonds blow up or something. I, I don't know how money magic works or anything, but it's going to be prom weekend. There's going to be some sort of after party. I don't know the details. Jenna wasn't going to invite me, but like I heard her and Kurt talking about it. There's going to be some sort of after party after prom where this dragon guy is going to take a bunch of tribute from everybody and is going to cast some sort of prosperity ritual with all of these fuckers. And if I had to bet, that's where your friend's essence is going. And I guarantee you, Kurt's not going to miss that fucking party. I don't care if you can't find him. He won't miss that party. He's like got the biggest heart on for these guys. He'll be there. However, he gets there. Do you know where the party's going to be? I'm not that in. But some of those people like have to know. I mean, look, they're magical. They're all doing prosperity magic on like under the table outside of the law kind of stuff. They're casting it to make money. They're casting it to get nice things, that kind of stuff. It's happening like all over the place at different schools in different cities. Like it's a thing and it's all tied to whatever this dragon cult is, but he's going to be there. All right, then you can tell <clears throat> your friend, I'm sorry. You, you can say the words as many times as you want and even believe them in your head. That doesn't change the fact that it's bullshit because you made a deal. And it was part of your penance so that you can maybe walk out the door one day. So just forget that part, right? Because you're never going to get an I'm sorry to work on Silas. Live with that. You helped kill his friend and kill his girlfriend. All for money. And after it went bad and you realized that they actually killed Morris, what did you do? Well, I was part of it at that you point. You just went along with it because... What was I going to do? I had already been part of it. Gonna roll down him like a goddamn boulder. But no, you just went along with it. 
You allowed them to keep acting out there. You could have come to the veil and said, hey, listen, I was involved in something, but, and that would have been a lot better for you than what's going on now. At that, at that point, an apology might have actually been worth something. You knew you were knee deep in evil and you just kept going at it. That was a conscious choice. She starts to cry, like not sobbing or anything, but like tears well up in her eyes. They start to roll down her cheeks and she just stands there and takes it. I'm done here. I think we got what we need for now. Where's Silas? Standing outside with my dad. Okay. We can talk now. Are you okay? No, I'm not. Talking to her? She helped kill Morris and she thinks an apology is going to help. And it, you know, it's not even that. It just doesn't matter because she didn't do anything after it happened. If she would have just came to us, came to you, came to somebody and told them what happened afterwards, at least I would have known that she didn't actually mean for that to happen. Like, I get it. She probably needed the money. That's important. But once... I mean, nobody needs money that bad. Not to kill somebody. Selling drugs is one thing. Like, I get that. Some people have it hard. But not that. Look, whatever she said to you in there, been through her school records. We've talked to teachers. She's not a model student. No, I'm sure she's not. She's not even close to a model student. Her parents have some money. That's how she went to Lockwood. But trust me, like, she's repenting now because she's caught. Exactly. And you're right. And she's going to be punished. The laws she's broken are enough that even with her cooperation, it's going to be a while before she steps out into the world again. I hope she finds a better way to be in the future. I mean, people are allowed to make mistakes and then get on with their lives. We'll do what we can to rehabilitate her as much as one can. And none of this brings back Morris, which I understand. And there is no way based on that ritual. There's no way to reconstitute a mundane person. He just doesn't have enough essence for us to put back together. What about Mesame? Assuming that her essence is the other half of her essence is still out there and the rest of it is in you. Yeah, that actually doesn't require much more than a simple ritual. Okay. Which is what we're going to find. Your friends inside are getting details about what uh, Samia knows about Kurt. And Kurt has her essence. And Kurt is going to an event. They're going to tell you about it, and we're all going to figure out how to find him and get that essence back. Can we talk about something else? Talk about whatever you want. Do you want to see my office? Yeah. Come on. Emotions and the nice lady that took you up in the elevator goes by the door and waits for you guys to come out. Mm -hmm. And he takes you down to his office, and he's got a picture of you and your, you know, and your mom, like, on his desk. And when you come in, he like waves his hand over his desk and like a bunch of papers just turn blank. <laughs> Smart. Sorry. Can't. Uh, I'm not really upset about it. I get it. It's a security thing. Sure. But anyway, he's like, do you want a drink or something? Uh, I mean, I'd love a, a bottle of water or something. Sure. Or a glass of water. He's got like a little fridge uh, like off, like off to the side. He's got like a bookcase and like at the bottom, there's like a little hidden fridge and he like takes out a bottle of water and hands it to you and tells you to sit. I do. I open the bottle. I start drinking. And after a second, I'm like, so... The guys helped me connect with Mesame's essence inside of me. So she's intact. I mean, as much as she can be. Sure. But you've, you've talked to her. Not only that, I got to see essentially like a soul version of myself. Yeah. There's fire magic that I can utilize. I just don't know how. I got to be honest. I had my suspicions. I didn't think it was possible that you could store her essence without actually being magical. even though. You definitely didn't manifest when everybody thought you would. I got to ask you something before we talk more about this. Yeah. If I wasn't magical, what, what about me then? Like you stopped being my dad. 
not think I stopped being your dad, but without you being magical, there's a entire part of my world that is inaccessible to you by law. There's a whole portion of who I am, what I do, where I go, who my friends are, all of that, that I would never have been able to share with you. The rest of it, absolutely. But I think you understand now, having crossed over the veil, I think you understand now exactly how big this job is. Yeah. And what it entails. But and I'm, I was already still a part of that world up until I was like 14, 15, when it didn't seem like I might manifest my powers. Well, that's the thing, right? To bend the rules a bit and then puberty hit and you manifest powers, right? No problem, right? And you got exposed a little early. A lot of parents do it. It only becomes a problem if you don't manifest. I couldn't tell you anymore. Like, I couldn't tell you as you got older. I wouldn't have been able to tell you about what I do, who I was. I would have had to make up what my job was, all of that stuff. But I already knew all that stuff. What would you have done? There are ways to not remember those things. You would have altered my memory? I wouldn't have had a choice. For your safety, for the law. It's difficulties of a mundane child being born into a magical household. I know it doesn't happen often, but it happens, right? So there are just kids out there that are part of magical families that have no idea? Sure. Usually when it happens, the family moves away, starts a new life, or you wait until they go to college, and then you just, it gets, there's no good way to say it. Before they go to college. That's a stupid law. I don't write the laws of the veil, but that is one of the oldest laws of the veil. And I think you know from history why too many mundanes knowing about magic becomes a problem. Sure. But they were part of a magic. Okay. It's fine. Like, I think it's stupid. I think it should be different. I don't think it's a problem that people that are born into that world should know about that world. You don't need necessarily to be magical to use, utilize ritual magic. I know because I used to cast rituals. Yeah. Also, why we all thought you were going to manifest. Here's the thing. It's not that knowing somebody is going to be a problem. What happens when you slip up? What happens when you tell somebody something? What happens when that person finds out? When somebody publishes an article, makes a podcast, releases something? Isn't that what the shroud's for? To a point. The shroud covers up things that were accidental. You can tear, like, you know this from, you know this from metaphysics. You can tear the shroud. You can. You publish something too large. You can't take that back. There's tipping points. I mean, maybe you'll get into this when you get into, when you graduate into the veil. The creation of the internet was very dangerous for the shroud. Sure. It's, a, it's an elemental that is unchecked, uncontrolled, and has a chance of destroying everything. It is wildly dangerous. And we spend more time than you would want to know. I spend more of my job tracking down articles, podcasts, and people's like journals than we do arresting like magical bank robbers. Okay. I know you like to think that a good portion of my job is like some sort of magical super spy. But I'm going to tell you. No, I actually told T that was stupid. My job is a lot of making sure that things that aren't supposed to be known don't become known. I don't disagree with you that inside a family that there aren't challenges and that there aren't problems with that law. But the veil law is the veil law and the conclave has never changed it. And so it's a thing we have to abide by. And I'm sorry if that makes you uncomfortable that if you had been mundane, that at some point I would have had to have masked those memories. but. It is what it is. This world is not perfect, but it is built on principles that happened thousands of years ago. And it exists in a time where, honestly, we are ill prepared for this future in terms of how our laws and everything work. Veil law is absolutely an area that 
if you're feeling strongly about this, you absolutely could study. Maybe I will. So how does the veil handle when a elemental doesn't manifest? Like if somebody in T's family, we're all half Medusa. We've got snakes for hair and shit. Yeah, you're all semi-magical to begin yeah, with. So, right? what, so, so, so we're part of the veil no matter yeah, what. Yeah, if you can't okay. cast, you can't cast, but you're yeah. still magical. But that like, was the only question. If you are, if you are not elemental and yeah. you are human, it, there's like, there are some legal problems. I guess the point before I got off on my tangent was that, that uh, I was wondering if you could maybe help me figure out how to use the fire side of my magic. Absolutely. We're flamesworths. I absolutely can show you. We come from a long line of fire mages. The ritual room is fireproof. Good. I can definitely give you a hand with that. Uh, these guys come back. <sighs> you guys walk in. Do you guys want to talk alone? Have you updated them on what Samia knows? Uh, only a little bit. Yeah, we tell you. So prom weekend? Can we find them before that? You think we can find them before that? Well, that was my question. We can try, obviously. It's... So if Victor's people... Mr. Uh, Flameworth. I assume you guys have like access to the internet and stuff like that. Like, this is magical, but I assume you guys, like, are, like, in the internet stuff, right? Sure. The internet's magical. From what I understand, high school kids often, like, take lots of pictures and stuff. Mm -hmm. So there should be pictures all over the place of Kurt from that party. We can actually show you pictures of Kurt. And we can tell you a little bit about the Dragon Cult. The Dragon Cult traces its lineage back to the 1930s. Actually, further back than the 1930s, but its destruction was in the 1930s. Didn't they cause the Great Depression? Yes. That's what I thought. Said which, is, which, is why, which is why prosperity magic had to be outlawed. It's never completely gone away. It always rises up. But this cult is a lot more organized. They're a lot smarter. They're, they're working hard to find people. Can you not use that dragon dagger to potentially, I mean, if you, would, if you could, you would have done it. Never mind. It's a dumb question to track them. But they're of course shielding. they're shielding it. They're shielding a lot of stuff. Also, as far as we understand, this is Jenna's dagger. So it doesn't really go anywhere. Okay. How many of these have you seen? We've seen a few of them. Um, they're primarily used for rituals and removing essence from people. Seems pretty illegal. Yeah. Jenna's in a lot of trouble. Like, Jenna's past the murder part of trouble. Jenna's into, like, some real... She's in treason trouble, basically. Yes. Like, like crimes against the veil trouble. Yes. Like negative zone trouble. <laughs> yeah. It's a good comic book reference, T. Thank you. It's not exactly... The, the negative zone is a thing in Marvel Comics, Dad. Yeah. DC Comics. DC Comics. I no. Saw, no, that's Marvel. Marvel. What's, the, what's the one I'm thinking? The Phantom Zone? Phantom that's from Zone. Superman. Phantom that's from Superman 2. Yeah. And one. Right. Yes. yes. Well, I know that. I have saw those movies. Yeah. It's not exactly like that. I'm not really at liberty to say, but just know that there's something like that. And Jenna will probably be there. Here's the thing. We do need to find Kurt. Yeah. And you do need to find wherever this after party is. Okay. So we know that we know that other kids are casting prosperity magic and we know it's kind of organized people are like passing around over the word we just can't quite figure out how it's getting spread around it's getting around it's happening in multiple schools we've caught minor incidents of it here and there the one thing we do have on the blank papers on his mm -hmm. desk he like picks one up and when he lifts it off the desk it becomes like a picture so we've seen this tattoo before in fact this is the one from jenna's arm it's a worm right it's a magical again worm is it chinese in nature or japanese in nature yeah it's got like a like no, without no wings yeah without being like totally like um appropriated mm -hmm. but it has that kind of look like it's a wingless dragon okay we've seen a few of these tattoos on teenagers we assume it's somehow connected but we don't really understand yet what's going on but it's happening at a level that honestly as adults we're having trouble figuring out which is why i need you guys to go figure this out okay i'm pretty broke yeah you should do it. 
I know what you're going with. Undercover. Like, boy, man, I wish there was a way that I could make some more money for my family so my mom didn't have to bust her ass. And- Do it. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to tell you a thing. I'm not even going to make you roll for this. When you say the words about going undercover, <laughs> Victor's face has another one of those micro tells. Like, you're not 100% sure what it is, but there's like some sort of acknowledgement. Oh, I, I have a pretty good idea what it is. There's some sort of acknowledgement recognition or something when you say that. Like do father, we, like son. Do we all notice that? I think you do because it's your dad. I think you do. Because I've seen it before. Because you, you just recently saw that tell. Yeah. T is kind of oblivious to it at this point. So I turn to him and I look and I'm like, uh, you think it's a bad idea, dad? No, actually, I think it's a really good idea. Oh, yeah, we'll do that then. I feel way better about it now. I think it's a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and by way better if he thinks it's a great idea that only frightens me a little bit it doesn't add up goes from a d8 to a d10 that's pretty good <sighs> okay yeah so how do we do this i'm gonna leave you guys to figure that out but i do actually have to get back to work if you are finished with samia we're going to return her yeah we're done yeah okay put her in a dark hole for a while i want to assure you that Punishment's going to come for both of them. This kind of abomination of magic does not sit well with Vale Legal. We give him the tin. He takes the tin and he's like, actually, would you guys like to release the essence? Yes. I'll take the tin back when you guys are done. But honestly, we have enough out of the two of them that we don't need it. We don't need the tin for evidence. But he's like, I can give you the ritual. It's relatively simple. Okay. Similar to the ritual we use for the uh, elemental. It is actually pretty close to that. But it'll release the essence from the tablets, and if in some way that will return Morris back to the universe. And he slides the tin back to you, and then he reaches in, he takes out like a parchment, and he inscribes it, like takes out a pen, writes a few things on it, rolls it up, and holds it out for one of you to... I go to take it, and then I don't. I look at the T. T will take it. You're the closest to him, but he'll step forward and take it if you don't. I'll take the tin. We open up at the graveyard where Morris is buried at his grave. We have the ritual set up already, and the tin is sitting in the middle of the ritual, which is at his grave. Mm -hmm. And I look at you two, and I'm like, Morris was always so kind, so fun, and so willing to help anybody out that was looking for any kind of help with school. He loved learning. He loved knowing stuff. And even if he could be annoying, sometimes it was okay because, you know, I'm pretty smart, too, so we always had a good time going back and forth. And you can be annoying sometimes, too, so I, I can see why you guys were friends. That's okay. I got Gunny now. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I only met Morris a couple times, but he was a good guy. He was, like you said, fun to be around. All of his jokes were good-natured. He never punched down, and that made him kind of special because he didn't attack people. He just had fun with people. Kind of self-effacing sometimes. And that made him liked by a lot of people. You know, there's this one time after we got out of uh, school, like for the, for the, after our freshman year, uh, we had nothing, nothing to do that day. We had done, done the finals. So we went up to uh, the Peace Bridge and just walked across it into Canada and then got turned away because neither one of us had a license or anything to, <laughs> or a passport to get in there. So uh, that was a mistake, but we had a pretty good time trying to talk our way into, into Canada. It did not work. A couple yeah, of kids, imagine. they would not let us in. But I, uh, I remember that walking on the way back. I'm like, we're not as smart as we think we are. He's like, no, no, we're not. <laughs> That's funny. I knew him less than you guys, but the one time that I did get to uh, to hang around him, he showed that he was fully capable of laughing at himself without laughing at other people, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Like if you can't laugh at yourself, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be laughing at anybody else. So he was aware. Yeah. yeah. He knew he knew. So that was cool. Alright. Finish it up, T. Let him yeah. get back to being a part of the universe. Morris, we release you back to be with everything and everyone all the time. And you can see like the bit of essence. Almost like a smoke, almost like an energy, but like a little bit of both come out of each of the of the mints and then just kind of float upward and then eventually just kind of spread out and dissipate. Epilogue. Where are you and Casey? Strong? That's like yeah, a strong National Museum of Play, man. Yeah, we'll go to the Museum of Play. Super fun. Yeah. You two are sitting on the Sesame Street steps. It's like the front steps to one of the mm-hmm. buildings, to Sesame Street's in the Sesame Street area of the building. Right near the giant nest. Yeah, and there's like kids running around and parents chasing them and stuff like that. You're across the street from the mini Wegmans, which is like a little mini Wegmans that kids go shopping in and like can check out in. And so the two of you are sitting there and she's like, hey, so um, what do you want to talk about? Well, I mean, we've been hanging out for a while and. Yeah. Having been a pretty cool. Time. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I, I, I guess it just cut right to the chase. Um. I like you a lot as a friend and I think you're really cool as a friend, but I don't like think there's any chemistry between us at all. We hang out. We have a good time. You're like one of my close friends, but I know our parents tried to like set us up and I don't think it's going anywhere. Not that way, at least. I don't think you're wrong. And, you know, I mean, honestly, I uh, was dreading meeting you the first time. This isn't the first, uh, this isn't the first relationship my parents have, uh, have tried to arrange and, uh, Same here. I, I'll be honest. I um. I, I also think you're. I also think you're really cool. But like, I don't know. Uh, I'm just not really into Earth guys. I, don't don't take it offense. I think you're awesome. I just like in general. Like I just you know. I don't know. Like fire, water, like kind of my thing. Like just I don't know if it's a phase or whatever. But but no, How do you you're feel about wind. But I don't know. I mean, it's all right. Like it's like something with a little. I don't know. It's a little force. Like, wind always seems so flighty. But no, I mean, look, I appreciate you being honest. And, you know, you are definitely cool. And you're a pretty okay Call of Violence player. You're definitely adequate. She laughs, right? Like, she smiles when yeah. she smiles when she says it. She just, she just nods to that. And they're like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Are, are your parents going to be pissed? I have no idea. Not really their concern. It's not their business. This is not the first time I've disappointed them involving a date they set me up on. Um, this is actually going pretty well for a breakup for this kind of thing. All right, look, I'm going to, um, because you're cool and because you've been very straightforward and I appreciate that and I respect that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell my mom that I broke up with you. Cool. I don't want her calling your parents and making shit for you. So I'm just going to say I broke it off and um, she'll be pissed at me and like, she's not like she'll call your mom and apologize. And like, so it, that's how it's going to come down don't sweat it. I just like, you're cool. And my mom's definitely going to not be cool about that. Like is not going to be cool. And I don't want to come back on you. So. Hey, listen, you, if, if you need to just, you know, tell her whatever you need to tell her. No, no. Listen, trust me when I tell you, I'm a huge, I'm a huge disappointment as, 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 a, as <laughs> teenagers go, I can easily handle mismanaging a boyfriend. Like that is honestly probably the least of my, um, the least of my problems with my parents. I tried to learn something but earth magic. Like, I'm already a massive disappointment to them. But don't worry about it. It's cool. A hug? Hug. All right, you got to hug her, and she's like, ooh, ow, sorry. She's like, I-, I just got a tattoo. Really? What'd you get? She's like, yeah, let me show you. She, like, rolls up her sleeve, mm-hmm. 
And, uh, you know, it's still got like the coating over it, the protective coating, but you can see it. And it's a wingless dragon. Now that we finally finished story three. Holy crap. Suppose we could do stars and wishes, right? Oh, no. First, tally up your XPs. We got a yeah, let's make sure we ton get of this. XPs you guys got to start clocking up first. And then, yes, let's do stars and By wishes. By the way, is that a clue, that Casey tattoo arm thing? Yes. So this Kurt and the Dragon Cult Prosperity Cult, is that a, uh, a meaningful breakthrough? Yes. Or, or is that the meaningful breakthrough that people didn't hear about that we talked about during the break? Uh, that's the one we talked okay, about. Okay, so that's not an extra one. Okay. No, not extra, but make sure that you all make sure that you all have that one. So I've got one each in the story milestones. Me too. Does that sound accurate? Um, when you do something a normal high school student would do, we went to Denny's to eat dinner after yeah. after the thing, and we I broke did. and I broke up with my girlfriend. You broke up with your yes, girlfriend. That's that one is just for you though. Here, that, did yes. you get another pencil? Okay, yeah. you did. That is hundred percent. Actually, no, I shouldn't take it for that because I changed my relationship with a, with another character. So that's good enough. That's actually that's, that shouldn't be the same. Yep, yep. I, I can't double dip on that. Um, did not participate in a major high school event. No. Next, next story. We can't double dip on the tens anyway. No, we're not supposed we, to double dip because on the we tens. found out what happened to yeah. Morris last summer. So we defeated an adversary. We unveiled. We unveiled a threat, uh, part of our threat to the shroud. Yep. We found a clue. We made a meaningful breakthrough, and we found out what happened to Morris last summer. Okay. So there should be one in the one in the one one in the when you do something a normal high school student would do one when you do, defeat an adversary and one when you defeat an unveil threat to the shroud mm-hmm. and one when you find a clue one when you make a meaningful breakthrough and one when you find out what happened to Morris your bonus three for your yeah. breakup mm-hmm. all right that's, that's 19 points mm-hmm. 22 well you guys played a lot of sessions so mm-hmm. anyway I'm sitting on so many experience points yeah I need you guys to spend them next session I'm so gonna like, spend them between now and then okay cool yeah. can we um move the making understanding my magic up to a d12 because i'm start training with my dad in between oh, sessions. Yeah, we can actually just we can actually no just, you want to save it yes i want to have a problem oh okay i can't utilize it meaningfully yet okay because i want it to explode at some point during the next i'm very okay with that yeah that would be great if it explode because then i can i'm gonna spend the experience points to have that power now as my second like area of magic yeah absolutely I have 67 experience points to spend. I, I, have, I have 62. Yeah. Spend them. <laughs> that was all from story three. I have 92 to spend. You didn't spend them from the first time? I spent 30 of the 80, and then I've got another, and then I had 32 that we had set it, or 22 that we set it on, so I have 102, sorry, I have 102, sorry, I'm, I'm down by two. Yeah, I have 102 also. Yeah, it's 102 minus 30, so whatever that is, 72. Yeah, there you sorry. go. My math was, for some reason I thought I had 122, my 100. We should be much more powerful come May. Yes. Supposedly. Yes. We'll find out. All right, now we can do stars and wishes. Yeah, now we can do stars and wishes. What do you guys got? Uh, from all of these sessions, like there's so many good things that happened. Oh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I will say that in general, I really liked there have been several really deep scenes I've gotten to do with Silas as different characters, like as his dad, as Mesame. Like those were all real treats for me, like to actually like really get in. Like the Mesame one is probably my favorite. I love playing this character. Yeah. Is the most complicated, interesting character I've ever played, by far, one hundred percent. I I like all the interactions I get to have with the different people. I love the magic that we play around with in this game so much. How flexible it is, how it like it manifests itself, how it doesn't feel like it's busted. Like I like all of that. Um, stars. I like how Gunny is never. Whenever I bring up him dating anybody, he's like, "What? Huh? Huh? What?" Every time. Every time. Doesn't matter. Clueless team, man. I like T's family a lot. 
T's family's great. T's family's fun. We had, I like T's family. We had a whole sequence with them at that one point in time. They're portrayed all really well. The scene when it was last time we played, because for folks who are listening to this, this is like four sessions worth of, this is the fourth recording session of this story. So this is like the long, it's super long. T's friends were sitting with him at lunch when Ash walked up. And me and Gunny start. Me and Bob started playing two other characters. Mad props for everybody jumping in to play other characters and play them and make them have characters. So we kind of knew who they were right away. Mm-hmm. They felt like high school kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. Phil being like, I don't know what to do. Give me fifteen minutes. Big start for <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, we made a whole episode. Like, oh, you guys yeah. are about to circumvent something. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, look, I'm usually pretty good at having enough stuff down that when you guys go in a slightly different direction, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. But you for like that one was one where I was like, whoa, wait, I got to stitch a few things back together here. It was good. I love how T is less a rebel every time we play. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And is like the most mature out of all of the characters in a lot of ways. You say that you're not, but you're the one that whenever anything kind of goes weird, you're trying to like play it as if you're dad. Like you try to set, you try to calm everything down, settle everything, and do the right thing ninety percent of the time. Well, that is part of his personality. So yeah, that works. Rebel without a rebel. No, oh, yeah. yeah, man. If we're going all the way back, the argument the two of you had mm-hmm. in the park, yeah, man, during the beautiful. fight, like, oh yeah, that was uh, again, like that was that was a treat. Both of both of the, uh, the yes, the arguments, the T Silas argument and the. The gunny Silas argument. Yeah, when we were arguing the cards. Oh, that was that's the right. beginning. Yeah. That's that. the beginning yeah. of the story. Yep. I, yeah. I, I forget how much. Like I forget how much story we actually. So much story. Yeah. There's. It's hard to remember everything because it's basically like nine, ten hours worth of play. Yeah, it's yeah. a long time. I uh, no lie. I I felt like I was about to squirt a tear in the uh, in the the Morris ritual. Oh man, that was that was deep. I will say for listeners, right for behind the scenes, I didn't have any of that down mm-hmm. and at first i was like oh yeah give him the like I, in my head i'm like yeah yeah give me the tin and then i'm like no no take the tin i had a feeling you guys would do a really good job with that and i just was like no no take the tin i will give you the ritual like go ahead and do that and you guys did not disappoint that was like seriously good play yeah no i just love playing high school kids for some reason for some reason it feels like it's me the authority to make terrible choices yes all yes, the time 100 percent oh with, yeah without and still make good choices at times and not feel like i'm playing out of character. Um, add props to you. Like your your game mastering has been on point this entire time. This is some of the strongest game mastering you've ever done. Well, thank you. I'm yeah. I'm gonna reflect it right back at you guys. Like it would be that game mastering would be only mostly okay if you guys weren't playing the shit out of this game. And I do have like I had said earlier or beforehand that we should do one of our topics about the difference between prep and play mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we could now talk about in an, in a separate episode what I actually prepped. Compared to now that everybody has heard the whole like the whole story three, what actually got played? Because <laughs> it is like what I have is the skeleton of that episode yeah. of that story, and what you guys added to it, like just through playing your characters and the directions and the decisions you made, like made it so much more. Yeah, I am very fascinated to talk about that because I like I would really like to get into the idea of as a player at a table, like how you can really help a game pop yes yeah. you can't do it without the game master the game master is the conductor yeah. and, they, and they're the orchestrator but like you can't have an orchestral piece without the players right yeah i mean if anything i consider and, and i'm chris is an actual musician and i'm just going to use a bad musical metaphor but back you can you can tune it appropriately my prep is basically just the drum line it sets the pace and the and like the overall direction 
And then like the rest of you guys played right over, like right on top of all of that and, and took it forward. Like I made sure that at any point when you guys paused, I kind of knew where the next beat landed. But you guys are the ones who played like all the other instruments on top of that. And that's how I like it. The reason I'm 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 very OK, like I do not hold on to my prep tightly. Right. So I'm very OK. Like I had a certain amount of stuff and then you guys did so much more. And I'm like, yep, that's just better. What I had was pretty OK. And if we had just recorded what I had written, it would have been perfectly fine episodes. But I don't think it would have all the highlights that like this whole story had. Yeah, because your prep doesn't. Now nah, I can't. I so much I can't it, account for. I mean, your prep is just it doesn't have us. Mm-hmm. Correct. Like, exactly. Any good story, uh, this is a tangent, right? I'm going to tangent for a second as we can. Any good story is the combination of setting what the plot of the, the story is and the characters. Like, characters are a huge part of it. Like, yes. if you want to like a story, you have to like the characters. Yep. And it's unique in role-playing games, whereas the game master kind of brings a lot of the stuff to the table, can't account for the characters. Yeah, and I think my, my takeaway point of that is my prep is only made better through your play. I just provide some situations, some problems and things like that. And then where the magic occurs is not in my prep. The magic occurs at the table. Mm-hmm. You guys bring your characters. I bring the problem. You bring a bunch of characters, too. Yeah, I do bring characters. I, mean, I did actually have fun. I have to say I had fun playing both Jenna and Samia's very. Uh, Jenna's hilarious. <laughs> she's just a villain. Yeah, she, mad star for that, by the way. I'm like, yes. she's mustache twirling right now. Yeah, I'm like, she's. I'm like, I'm okay yeah, with she that. Was a, she was a great villain. I enjoyed playing against her. You also did a great job taking her down, considering how much problems you had against Samia. But I got to tell you that when Chris dropped that D12 on the table, it only took me like 30 seconds to realize that once that got into somebody's um, dice pool, Jenna's stress track was in big trouble. That's why I spent the plot point. Yeah, yeah the danger escalated very well, quickly. Now, the other thing about, about fighting Jenna was that for that entire fight, it was the three of us against Jenna, as opposed to the fight against Samia, where it was Bob versus Samia, Chris versus Jerry for about half the fight. Correct. Jenna, Jenna is more competent than Samia. I could just yes. tell. Yes. Also, in a better situation. Also, she thwacked all three of us pretty good yeah. once. She yeah. had in, in duels. She had most of your numbers. But man, when you when I saw that, like, when as soon as I saw somebody was like, oh, I can put that D12 into my pool. I was like, uh oh. That's an effect die. Mm-hmm. Man, does anybody have any stars before I start waxing poetic about more stars? Because I got more stars. <laughs> Roll on, my friend. Because there's on. just a lot of game to talk about, sure. right? Like the sequence at the bridge when we were down by the skyway. Yeah. When mm. you guys went and found the um the thing. Oh my god, the scene inside of the um inside of uh, the the my father's study. Oh, no. yeah, that, that whole scene. That, that whole good. scene was good. Like every like you putting the candle out to highlight something about your character, like you're always thinking about solving the problem. Yep. Gunny uh being is as a kind of angry as i was well not as angry but just also incensed as i was freaking out i am looking forward to so this will be my wish we are going to actually redo that scene because when that clock finally breaks i want to actually have the whole scene again because i'm going to tell you a bunch of stuff that you guys can't remember right now oh that's fun yeah so we're going to go back and listen to it at one point and then we're going to actually recreate that scene uh anybody else any stars it's a lot to think about. I liked the ritual with some with the ritual with summoning Mesame to you. That whole yeah, that scene was, a great scene too. was deep and emotional <clears throat> and it, it was it was chef's kiss. It's also the turning point in the story for Silas. Mm-hmm. Like he's way more in control again. Hats off to Jerry for, um, you know, I stuck you with a girlfriend character and you were very upfront about, you know, hey, I'm just not really feeling it. 
with, yeah. with with this NPC, what can we do about that? And I was like, you can totally break up with her, right? And just actually, like, I didn't add. I just said I'm going to break up with her. Yeah, yeah. And it was <laughs> like, so I just you know that was a thing that actually came up. I think sometime during the recordings for the story, and I was like, oh, I'm going to tack it on to the end. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to tack it on to the end. Yeah, like, I, and, and to be honest, part of this as a player. Uh, I wanted to give you a heads up yep. that I, appreciate I was going to be breaking up with her. So I didn't catch you off guard. So you had a chance to do however you wanted to handle that personality. I, and I appreciate that. Right. Like, I, like, could I have, could I have rolled with it? Absolutely. Could have rolled with I it. I know you could, but, um, but actually giving me, and again, hats off to you because giving me the upfront, I was like, Oh, what can I do with this? And then I was like, Oh, I know what I can totally do with this scene to like one, make it slightly more complicated and two to kind of keep Casey around in the story yeah. of it. Well, that's also the two things about that. Number one is as a player, you should give your GM that heads up. If you know you're going to do something that's going to change a major plot point relationship, because I didn't know if Phil had something else planned for Casey and it would be bad if he had a major plot point that was tied to her. And all of a sudden I'm just like, I'm running around of the story. And number two, I also have a, I also have a, a die invested in her. So that's going to be interesting if she shows up again. I like that. We can't help ourselves from giving GM advice. I did it too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hilarious I mean, look. No, we are. We that's are. like eight. Like that's eight years of conditioning. Yeah, We're sitting around a table with mics. Like I'm going to give you some jamming well, advice. Well, your your comment earlier about you know like like everybody has to like the characters. I've been in games where I don't like the character I'm playing. This one I do. But I've been in games where I'm like, you know what? I just don't like this character at all. I also don't care about those stories. Yeah. Like I don't care about those games. I often quit playing those games well, pretty well, quickly. Well, that's where I, that's where I have to make a new character. Like I need yeah. a new character. Something you should do. Anybody else can eat stars before we move on to wishes. Oh, a lot of mine mirror what you guys have already said. Academic decathlon was a ball. Academic decathlon was absolutely hilarious and fun. Yeah, I don't know. This, this game is really good. I really like playing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though I admitted to everybody earlier that Cortex is not my favorite game. Like, I don't mind playing it, but uh, not my favorite game. But man, this game is this game is it's peak stuff for me. It's, it's really fun. This is one of those cases where the game kind of overrides. Like, the game becomes more enjoyable than the system. And you're just like, yeah, the system's the, fine. The system helps support what we're doing, though. Yeah. I don't hate that part. Yeah, absolutely. Wishes. Wishes for the future. Well, we all got to get dates for the prom. I, I want to see more of T's family. That, that family's fun. Plus, prom's coming up, and, that, T, uh, and T's girlfriend just broke up with him. So yeah. yeah. There's definitely going to be some stuff. If, uh, if there's going to be any kind of romantic issue with <laughs> issue, you notice I call it issue, <laughs> with yeah. Gunny, I think T's sister is a, is a fine... Oh, that's uh, funny. Hey, you pick who you want to ask. I'm, no, I'm just saying that that like if if something happened there, I'm okay with that. There's there there's potential for some really good awkwardness and yeah. Anybody remember the sister's name? Yes. Yes. Amethyst. Amethyst. And Thank I play her you. usually. I'm usually Amethyst. I play her just like this. I talk. Thank you. Duly noted. I can remember. Yeah. Yes, I feel like like yeah. I had I, I had a, a moment in my mind where you know there was some kind of gathering, or whatever. We're look, at the look, we're at the just, house, and Amethyst. You just, you just tell me what you need me to do. Amethyst okay? decides for some reason to hug if, me if, if for need, something. If you need me to do something other than if you need me to do something specific, yeah, no, no, it's good because I'll I'll play into that. You know, I have a weird wish. I wish Jerry would stop typing notes out because I feel like it's not helping him remember what's going on in the game anyway. You like miss beats. That's true. Like yeah, you're not, it's not helping you remember. So I wish you would just stop typing and just play the game. If you want to just listen to it, I'll give you the recordings. That might help. I just, I, I need to look at the, for the other things, but yeah, you're right. I do miss. Be- that's what I was going to say. Like T's not a great high schooler. He's and, and of course neither was Jerry. So <laughs> it, it's not that I actually, I like T a lot. Like he's not a great high schooler, no. but he's like a great person. Yeah. Like, he's, he's a good person. More put together than the rest of us. Like he doesn't belong in high school. That's what I said. He's a bad high schooler. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not, high school's not for everybody. No. No. 
I will say this leading up to four. Um, you do not all need prom dates. Like, for instance, if Silas doesn't want to have a prom date nope. because no you, prom can just go. you can just go. Yeah, because friends will go and like, you know, you can go with a group of friends, that yeah. kind of thing. So just I don't want anyone to feel like they're pressured. I will say this. You're going to prom. You do not necessarily need dates. Yeah, you can have dates if you want to take a date. Yeah, I'll hear that. Go to prom. T. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's, no, no, I'm, I'm that's what I'm saying is uh, with Ash. I don't know if Ash is a, is a, a good Like I said, T should definitely get a date because that's something we should definitely do is something. Sure. T should definitely like have a date for this to do a, to do a prom thing. She's the only person in this game that you've had any kind of chemistry with. Prom pro prom proposals are not required. Yeah, no, we wouldn't. I, <gasps> T, 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 I've heard of these. T's I have my, never actually witnessed a prom proposal. T probably has a has a horrible disdain for prom proposals, just in general. Is T asexual? What is T asexual? Does no. he just not find people attractive? No, no, he's he's attracted to personalities more though, and neither of those personalities set him off. Even in like there wasn't a single flicker of. They're like good friends, but there's no like connection. There's no chemistry there. With Ash? Yeah, Ash was okay. Ash is fun to hang out with, but they're just like, Ash is like, like one of the bros, you know? You should ask D then. She's as different as the rest of them. D, D, I think D has somebody else in mind. And, and, and T would. D's going to be disappointed. D's going to be disappointed. (laughs) Yes. It's a weird, this is a weird conversation talking about fictional characters dating fictional characters. Now see, that's interesting. What, fictional characters dating fictional characters? Well, no, the, 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 the. Triangle? Triangle's always the triangle's always fun. Yeah, quadrangle, possibly, yeah, whatever. Like Messamay needs to come back sometime around prom. And if she doesn't, I'm gonna be super mad. That's it. I'm, just I'm looking that up at the ceiling. Did you notice what he did? He did the thing and then he said what he was yes. doing. I think Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Just I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, but it's good it's 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 a good wish. If I was making wishes, like that might be a good wish to make. Shh. No, shut up. I have a sneaky. I have look a, at these. Look at these candles. I have a sneaky. I have a sneaky <laughs> suspicion. These I have a sneaky suspicion she's going to come back just after prom because the whole plot point is that we've got to rescue her essence from the cult party after prom. Yeah, which is disappointing because I don't yeah. have a date for prom then. Just everybody, look at the candles for a second. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Snowed. No, that's good. Find my dad. Find your dad. Clearly, yes. I'd be remiss in my duties that's if true. somehow this campaign ends and we don't know where your dad is. All right. But there was a look. There was a look. (laughs) All right. We're we're done. We have to go anyway. All right. See you later. All right. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Misdirected Mark Plays. Now let's do some Patreon channels before we get out of here. Let's start with the Royal Court. The Polish Ogre, who is our very own Polish Ogre. Ty Prunty, also known as Lord Timemonger. Lars Henrik Evjan, the Lord Out of Time. Jim, the Royal Merchant Emeritus, Chromatic Chameleon, the Queen's Spy Mistress, J.T. Evans, the Queen's Librarian, Schmitty, the Keeper of the Labyrinth, Andrew Dacey, the Warden of Whiskies, John Carney, the Court Necromancer, Craig, the Lord of One Name, Tiberius Starcrash Smith, the Baron of Britannia, Eric Bontz, the Weregator, and Kevin Lovecraft, the Royal Beard. Now we have a bunch of other patrons that get a shout out here too. Thank you so much, John, Chris Constantine, Miko Froelich, Eric Simon, Athelus, Not That Billy Mitchell, Fiona, Kathleen Halperin, Christopher Gamelk, Michael Beck Esperum, Joseph Knoll, Carlos Heptilemma, Michael Draper, Alice Kira, Jim Fitzpatrick, Brantley Harris, Steve Radabaugh, Rory McLeod, Ninjabi, Richard Wyatt, Joseph Peralta, Brian Kurtz, My Brett, not My Brett, but somebody's Brett, Chris Steele, Jared Rasher, Eileen Barnes and Brandon Barnes. Thank you so much for being our patrons. If you'd like more content like this, you can check it out at misdirectedmark.com. If you are interested in supporting the show and other shows on Misdirected Mark Productions, you can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash MMP. 
You can get a whole bunch of stuff there, including extra bonus podcast episodes, material concerning this game, The Children of the Shroud. That includes character sheets, our game rules, some of our setting stuff, and Phil's thoughts from behind the screen. If that's not your thing, then you can just tell a friend about us. We'd greatly appreciate it. If you're looking for other podcasts to listen to, there are a variety of shows on our network. You can check out Pandas Talking Games with Phil and Senda, where they talk about all kinds of game stuff. The Gnomecast, where a bunch of gnomes get together to talk about gaming topics to avoid being thrown in the stew. And Thaco with Advantage, where Ange and Jared talk all about D&D. They're going to talk about it anyway, so why not record it? If that's still not enough content for you, we have a number of other podcasts that we recommend and are friends with. The Tabletop Bellhop, your board game concierge. The Knights of the Night, an excellent AP podcast. Mastering Dungeons, where they talk all about D&D if you want some more D&D stuff. And How to RPG with Sean P. Kelly. You can catch that on YouTube. He's live on Saturday mornings. I'm often in the chat room there. Well, this has been a Misdirected Mark production. The media arm of Encoded Designs. Mic drop. We out.